Welcome to Biblical Perspectives brought to you by the Ecumenical Catholic Church of Christ. Join your host, Father Dr. Tom Roberts, for discussions about the Bible and related conversations about theology, spirituality, and more. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. I'm your host, Father Dr. Tom Roberts. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to our program. Once again, the nation grieves. 255 mass shootings have taken place just this year. Total gun deaths in the United States are now adding up to over 15,000 precious souls taken from us within a year's time. Where are we going? Why do we permit this? A mass shooting is, of course, tabulated from four deaths within a round of discharges. Now, I know what some of you are going to think. Well, you're just interested in taking gun rights. Let me say at the outset that isn't true. There is a concoction of combining factors that are creating these monsters who wish to take the lives of others. Some wish to blame the president. I think that's going too far although some of his comments about racism have certainly been irresponsible. Other things we need to consider is what does our general society value? We've been discussing gun violence that is on television and racially profiled people since the 1960s. The discussion has gone nowhere in actions being taken. I remember as a teenager when the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King and, of course, Robert Kennedy happened in Los Angeles. Why is America such a violent society? Well, one part of it says today we're no more violent than anywhere else. We just have recidivism from 11% of our population that commits crimes over and over again. So we have more recycled people through our system. Then the other side argues 
that we tend to value guns more than we do people. We certainly have more guns than we do people by a few million in this country, if estimates are correct. So we have two sides that oppose each other. Stop and think about it, people. Consider what the military has told us about what makes a killer. Grow up with video games that are violent. That's number one. That just paint in your mind or the mind of the viewer because we become hardwired to our fantasies at times. The idea that if you disagree with people, you vaporize them or you just incinerate them. Watch that over and over and over again. Women and minority issues where people can just be done away with tens of thousands of times. Okay, then you take people, then you impoverish them uh, where they don't fit in. So they have to join gangs and other types of social arrangements there to survive. Put them in a ghetto. Then take away their family ties because they're not going to have the sentimental feelings and tenderness that families are supposed to show that cause a feeling to exist for other individuals with empathy. Well, they're not going to have much of that because they want to be in a war and as we know, people who join gangs end up with turf wars with other gangs because that's the glory of the gang. And you can just take this cycle out there farther and farther and farther. And then you'll notice since Columbine, people want to outdo the others. So... If you want to go out in a blaze of glory, take other precious human beings with you and you'll be remembered in the news because you're really a nobody. That is absolutely tragic. Then we can't close the loopholes in the gun laws because of the National Rifleman Association, even though uh, they're as corrupt as the day is long. Uh, they've had Russian infiltration as well. So if we stop and think about it, Remington, Blunt, here in the state of Idaho, have billions of dollars invested in the gun industry as a hobby, and for those who take their weapons underground, hide them, because they fear that there is a sinister plot 
to take the rights of gun ownership away from most Americans. And they see our sister countries of Canada, Australia, New Zealand as selling out to a socialist agenda through hampering gun laws. In Australia, you have to belong to a gun club to fire weapons. Yet the NRA says gun ownership is not permitted in Australia. That's really not the case. Or at least many people who belong to the NRA assume that to be true. Now, they do, in large cities, require that the gun be taken apart, which really isn't going to help you much if you're trying to assemble your gun in case of a home invasion. And I agree that that creates a problem. But what they're trying to fight against is accidental gun shootings, where little Junior comes into Daddy's drawer and, of course, you know, plays with his forty-five and, you know, offs himself. Those are very tragic events. And one quarter of gun deaths have resulted from people who know the assailant or it's an accidental discharge. What a problem. Where do we go from here? Are we going to allow the deaths in Toledo, El Paso, Dayton, anywhere else in the USA where mass murders have happened? Uh, Oregon with Kip Kinkle. See, we about have forgotten about that one. And they're coming at us with such frequency. It's difficult to even remember one slain from another. How awful. How tragic. What is this doing to the American psyche, our heart, our soul? It is very serious. Father Tom here is arguing that it is a mental health issue and a legislative one. I'm arguing that it's both. And that these nimbusals are being created by our society. We used to say that about Lenin, not John Lennon, but the founder of communism. We used to say all the time that their society produced those type of individuals such as Stalin. And yet we are not taking responsibility to understand we are producing these thugs. When I was a boy, the mob might have made a hit years ago, but we weren't scared of mass shootings 
until 1966. And then it kind of laid dormant for a while until Columbine. From the tower in Texas, where the first one happened, people thought in the 1960s, well, we'll never see that again. But with the growth of automatic weapons and semi-autos, which you can use bench stocks to make from certain rifles, they have grown exponentially. I'm going to ask you, as my listeners, are these automatic weapons, AR-15s, and others that are made like them, are they needed by the general public? They're a military-styled weapon to kill massive people. Should I have a tank in my front yard? Or is that of military option? Just because it's manufactured, do I have the right to own one? We need to really ask ourselves these penetrating questions. Some gun activists will say, well, of course you have the right to have it. That's the Second Amendment. May I remind my listeners here, who I'm sure are intelligent enough to get this, the Second Amendment was given for state militia control. So in case states' rights would be threatened by the federal government, that states would have a way to defend themselves and reassemble a federal government. That was really the motive of the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms by an armed citizenry. It had nothing to do with having a cannon in your front yard. It had nothing to do with having a tank or something, you know, in the back that is reserved for military objectives. Now, should people have the right to defend their own home? We'll discuss that when we come back right after this. Looking for an affordable online school that offers biblical theological, and liturgical education to prepare you for social justice and ministry? St. Anthony's Liturgical House of Studies has the solution. Visit stanthonysliturgicalhouse.org for a current listing of programs and courses and to register today. We have two extreme views in the United States over gun rights, and I personally feel that we go too far in one direction and we go too far in the other direction, meaning right versus left. Number one, 
The right to defend your own property, in my view, should never be challenged. Law enforcement agrees, generally speaking. There are people who have gone to prison for not having a gun registered in the United States while their assailant or invader into their home to create a home invasion was let go on technicalities. To me, that is absolutely stupid beyond belief and unacceptable. To me, a homeowner ought to be able to defend their turf with any means possible. Now, that doesn't mean you murder somebody because they stole a can of gasoline from your car. I'm not suggesting that there are not realistic efforts that uh, need to be applied for the sanctity of human life. It doesn't mean you make hamburger out of somebody for some little minor offense. But the way the laws are set up now, he has to be in 10 feet of you and you have to be able to prove harm. Well, listen, anyone who breaks in your house is not there to bless you. And I'm sure most of the American people would agree with that sentiment. So we go from one end of the spectrum of being ridiculous to arming our nation with weapons that the citizenry don't need to have on the other extreme. We cannot seem to come together with common sense gun legislation on the one hand and get this crap off the internet and stop sociologically making killers who have mental health issues on the other hand. We can't seem to pull those two together and our citizens continually are killed and it's just one massive shooting after another that hurts the American psyche beyond belief and damages our place in the world as a civil society. Why do we permit it? The House has sent a bill to Congress. Congress will not pass it. The delayed type of gun checks that need to happen when people purchase guns from gun fairs and other ways they get around registering for guns need to be solved. We need to fix that loophole. It will not prevent idiots who want to be a part of the civil unrest from getting all guns. But it doesn't mean that we have to let them buy them legally. That's the part of this discussion I can hardly believe that we permit. Just because something is legal doesn't mean it ought to happen. Then the conservatives move against the left and say, well, we can't control people's behavior. And we would have to take away or weaken the Second Amendment for the other side of this to be satisfied. And the ploy, the drama goes back and forth, back and forth, 
decade after decade, shooting after shooting. The right says, well, you could take all the guns off the street and people would find other motives and other means to taking life. That may be true, but would they have the means of an AK-47 or AR-15? Would they be able to take out so many with a knife or other types of destructive elements at their hand? And probably the answer is no. It would be harder to do mass shootings. Common sense should tell us that, but we won't go there either. You know, the way we act as people is a declaration of what's going on in our hearts. Number one, what we allow we are for. I want you to think about that. The New Testament affirms that. Who sins is the servant of sin, Paul said. Because we are given way to it, number one. What we permit as a society we are for unless we actually have an outcry against it and as a country move against it and make it unpopular. Three, we've got to love people and life and wellness more than darkness. America has a deep, dark spirit that is hovering over Western civilization because of the fact we are in love with evil. Stop and think about it. We don't celebrate marriages very often that last 60 or more years. We don't really celebrate people who have successful lives. We talk about lives that are destroyed by so many factors. How can we live on the dark side of the ledger so much of the time? And there's still many good people in America who will die like heroes in these situations. But we have a silent majority in this country who will simply go back to work on Monday and say, well, that was awful. What happened in El Paso? Or what happened? in Dayton, or other places. Yes, it's awful. It's more than awful. It should not be permitted to continue. Not that we can stop them all, because there is freedom of choice there. But we can make it so undesirable for these idiots to do it that 
we could change the climate in this country so it would not be near as desirable to do these mass shootings as it is today. And I think that is something we all need to ask ourselves. Do you realize by the time a child is 10, they've seen 17,000 murders on social media? How many women have they seen be raped and people vaporized and just inhuman types of behavior that says life doesn't matter? Well, life does matter. You matter. Your friends matter. Fewer and fewer people believe they matter in this corporate culture we call Western civilization. God says you matter. God demands that we treat others in his image like they matter. Your feelings matter. Your thoughts, your beliefs, who you are, your life story is important because it's like no other in humanity. That's why you matter. And we should treat other people as if they matter. I listen to regular speech a lot and pay attention to it as a communicator. And I see so much one-upmanship today, just in casual conversation. Shame on us. Where we denigrate and have to feel superior to someone else by putting them in their place. Instead of bringing forth our ideas with dignity and with respect. How shameful we have allowed our culture to denigrate into this kind of a mess. Now that's not to say that there are not many good people who love their kids, go to work, and love the people around them, no matter what their family arrangements are, and would do anything to help anyone. But it's now time for the citizens to tell the Senate and to say to our culture, enough. It's way past due. 15,000 people are no longer with us this year. Is this acceptable? Jesus died that men may live. A guilty man went to the cross. An innocent man went to the cross so that guilty people may live. That's the Christian message. 
We need to find hope in that message. We need to return to civility in our culture and treat each other like they matter. This is Father Tom Roberts saying let's think about it. Tune in next week for more thought-provoking programs about social and religious issues. This is Father Tom Roberts once again saying thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's Biblical Perspectives program. Tune in to the program next Thursday on WBCQ as Father Dr. Tom Roberts continues his discussion about the biblical-related topics. For more information about Biblical Perspectives and the Ecumenical Catholic Church of Christ, visit ecumenicalcccc.org. If you happen to be in the Los Angeles or Detroit areas, please be sure to visit the Cathedral of the Archangels and Seraphim Ecumenical Catholic Church of Christ and the Cathedral of St. Anthony. To leave a comment, to support the program, or to learn more about Biblical Perspectives, St. Anthony's Cathedral of Liturgical House of Studies, and their sponsor, the Ecumenical Catholic Church of Christ, visit ecumenicalccc.org. This show, in cooperation with the Ecumenical Church of Christ, was produced by Ricky Insunza and Marty Arredondo of Nightwork Audio, Springtown, Texas.